thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability, elevate their influence, and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to up-level your confidence, courage, and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies, and resources to help you grow, develop, and embody the leader you were meant to be so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact, and influence. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of She Leads. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and today we're joined by the awesome Shannon Giordano. Shannon will tell you that she's not a digital native, but she loves social media when it's used for good, to connect us, to share authentically, and to build relationships. She is passionate about helping women business owners and entrepreneurs build a strategy to authentically share their products and services online with the goal of getting the best return on investment from their social media marketing. So with that, welcome to the show, Shannon. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so glad to be here, Sabine. Thank you so much. You have such a wonderful platform. Your podcast is amazing. Thank you for that. So before we get into the work that you do today with women business owners and entrepreneurs and helping them navigate this never-ending maze that is social media and marketing, tell us a little bit more about your career journey and how you get to the place to to start your business and do this work. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll if I go in the wayback machine, I spent my 20s in Washington DC working in international development and then I hit 30 and I really wanted to have a baby. My husband and I moved home to Massachusetts and then it took me 5 years to get pregnant. So I tell you that only by way of it'll link back in in a minute. I then went to work in the corporate world and loved it for a long time. I worked in the corporate world for 14 years in product marketing and development and I started to get itchy I had my boys. They were starting to grow up. I wanted to do social media marketing. I really didn't know how to leave the corporate world. It's hard to do. So I started moonlighting. In 2008, 2009, I met someone who had just started a company called Fertility Planet. It was all about infertility, family building, adoption, surrogacy. And she wanted someone to do their social media. So I said, I'll do it for free. I really don't know what I'm doing. I just started doing it moonlighting on the on weekends and you know, on my lunch hour. Whenever I could log in and I built the community on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, and then eventually Instagram, when Instagram came around in 09, 2010-ish. And then I got the courage to leave my corporate job in 2013 and start my own company doing that social media marketing. So that moonlighting really pulled me into a, a new sphere where I could apply my marketing skills that I got in the corporate world, but do more creative work, which I love. An amazing journey. So just so I'm clear, when you were in corporate, you were in marketing. So it wasn't like this new passion that you like discovered and wanted to move forward with. You'd been doing some level of it in your regular day to day. Yeah. So I wasn't a strict marketer, but I worked in the product development group. So I, the product being financial products. So 
I owned the way that you logged in, all the stuff you saw behind the login on our website, performance reporting, marketing reports, white papers, all the website content. So I did live in that world. That was really the world that I was living in, in the corporate world as well. Awesome. So let me ask you this, because we all have that, I believe, that one pivotal moment where I am going to take this leap. I don't know what this fall is going to be like or feel like or what's on the other side. So what was the catalyst for you to just say, you know what, this is it. The time is now. I'm leaping off the cliff. It was a perfect storm of a number of things. One, I had been thinking about it for probably five years. So it wasn't something that I decided overnight. Two, I was actively doing the work and I had a couple of people come to me and say, hey, I see what you're doing for that organization. Will you do it for me? I'll pay you. So I had a couple of paying clients at this point. And then I think in my heart of hearts, I knew there was a way to do really creative, interesting work that didn't require me to work 14 hours a day or to be gone from my house from 6 a.m. until 7 p.m. every night. I thought there has to be a way that you're not relegated to the mama sphere where then you have, you can only get like projects that nobody wants to work on. So I really just, all of those things mixed together. And I thought it's now or never, I've just got to do it. Awesome. And I also love the fact that it's not like it was just some random program or some random job that you took on. It was near and dear to you. So you had this vested interest in really putting it out there and probably in some ways sharing your story and your journey through the work that you were doing. Is that accurate? Absolutely spot on. It really ignited a passion in me because I thought, I know these people. I am these people. I know the tone of voice. Like I know the words that I would have wanted to hear from someone, the hopeful tone, the warm tone, the kind of I don't know, all the things that I didn't have access to because when I was going through it, social media wasn't even around. So my boys were born about the same time that Facebook was born. (laughs) So I just, I really felt like I get it. I get these people. I know what they need because I needed it so badly myself. And yeah, it was a great way to start things off. And I think about it a lot now when I work with businesses that you really do have to understand your tone of voice. What's the thing that you bring How are your words trying to make people feel? Yeah. And that's a perfect segue because, you know, based on the work that you do today, that's exactly what you help business owners do, right? To really tap into what is my ideal client or my avatar, whatever we want to call it. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? And how do I speak to them in a way that connects with them deeper and on a more emotional level? So talk to us a little bit more about as you've evolved from moonlighting to stepping into your passion to doing this for yourself and now helping others do it, what do you use in terms of techniques to really help your your clients tap into their clients? Yeah, it's been an interesting process. So I really spent from 2009 until 2020 when COVID hit, all of my time logged in as my clients. So I was writing their posts. I was engaging on their behalf. I was thinking strategically on their behalf, coming up with new ways of doing things. And then in 2020, when COVID hit and we all went virtual, I had a couple of speaking engagements that went virtual. And in the span of a week, I had five women come to me and say, hey, I can't pay you to do my social media, but do you have a coaching program? 
And I had been longing to do something where I had to step outside and not just be behind someone else's login. So of course, like any great entrepreneur, I said, yes, I do have a coaching program. And I didn't have a coaching program, but I knew what I wanted to tell them. It was all, I just had to figure out how to put it together as a program so that I didn't just dump everything on them. So I spent all of 2020 really formulating that, figuring out how can I coach someone to do their own social media? How can I take all the things that I've learned by being logged in as someone else and teach them how to do that? The second thing I learned that year, though, is that I had to do my own social media because that whole like cobbler's kids have the worst shoes or whatever that saying is, I was hiding behind, oh, I need to be logged in as a client. I can't be posting on my own social media. And then I realized I can't tell people what they should be doing if I'm not also doing it. So I spent that, that was like a really pivotal year for me. And now I still do have clients that I really help them with post writing, but most of my time is spent helping someone, but just to your point, figure out like some, I guess I should say I have two kinds of people that come to me. One will say to me, I'm all over social media. I'm doing all the things and it's not providing any return on investment for me. I love that's like challenge accepted. I'm in because usually there are some simple things you can change and actually work less hard at social media and have it be more impactful. And then the other kind of person that comes to me will say, oh, I just don't know what to say. Who wants to listen to me? Don't make me do a video of myself. And those, I love that challenge as well, because I'm a firm believer. If not you, then who? And if not now, then when, right? Like your voice is as important as anyone else's voice. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to share why you do what you do and how you do it and how you solve people's pain problems. Yeah. Well, first of all, kudos to you, right? So 10 years in, in entrepreneurship. And then like we all have our downturns, being able to turn that into something that has grown and developed and morphed into the space. And I love the fact that you did that self-check of, I can't be out here telling people that this is what they need to do and I'm not doing it myself. And that's a perfect example of having that self-leadership or self-awareness to say, we need to shift things around. And it sounds like that shift has actually allowed you to grow and to develop your business even more than when you were, as you say, behind the screen. So kudos. So I have a question for you on the two, on the two versions, right? Because I've been both (laughs) at different points of my journey. And so for the individual and the people who listen here are both entrepreneurs and they're in corporate. And I actually was just having a conversation with someone yesterday who they were doing all that. They were just doing all of the things and they were exhausted and there was no ROI. And I've certainly been there myself. You know, what advice do you typically give to that person in terms of let's take a step back, right? Before you throw it all away these are some of the starting points so that they can help build. Yeah, there's a few things. The first place I start with is analytics. So if you're not looking at Facebook insights, Instagram insights, LinkedIn has some analytics, Twitter has great analytics. You need to be looking at what's landing well for your current audience and what's not landing well. Sometimes it's that every time you put yourself in a video or a photo, that lands really well. Guess what? You need to do more of that. Sometimes it's time of day. Sometimes it's that you in your real life called up some friends and said, hey, I just put this really important post out there. Will you all just go and comment on it for me? And as people comment, it gets greater visibility. So sometimes you have to use other tactics like bringing your real life in as well. 
So engagement analytics is where I start. And then the second thing I start to look at is habits. So are you time blocking? Are you planning how this content is? Or are you someone that's, oh, I just want to post on the fly every day. Because often then the posts are not well thought out. People don't understand what you're trying to tell them. I often see clients where they have four different ideal clients and they try to put them all into one post. So then none of the ideal clients see themselves in that post. So some, it's sometimes it's like really simple peeling back the layers of and decluttering, but it often can make your life easier. If you do plan out a calendar on a monthly basis and you have themes and awareness days and promotions that you're going to talk about, informational things, or you're going to share videos on Tuesday and you're going to go live on Thursday, like whatever formats you can put in place will make your life easier. You can actually sometimes post less often. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm posting three times a day, seven days a week. And we look at it and then they can switch to posting three or four times a week, planning it all out and actually getting better return on investment. So it's that whole like working smarter, not harder, but you really have to peel back the onion to look at what are the things that I think I'm doing that really just busy work and you don't need to do them. Yeah. I love the fact that you start with the analytics, right? Once I started doing a 90 day content calendar, it's really made life so much easier. And I'm able to take one theme for the week, if you will, and spread it out across different pieces of content so that everything is cohesive. And I'm not talking about imposter syndrome one day and talking about leadership the next day and all of that stuff. So I love that strategy. And so for the other individual who is probably like, I have no idea what to say, or maybe even some fears that I've heard are really around and saying the same thing. I have nothing to say that's different or unique. And the market is saturated. All of the beliefs that we tell ourselves, how do you help those clients overcome those, that internal critic, essentially, that's telling them that one, they have nothing to say that matters and, or that everything that they had to say is literally been said by someone else. Yeah. It's first, I start with there could be a million people who do what you do, but that doesn't mean there aren't tons of clients that want to work with you because of your personality, your tone of voice, the way you make them feel, the unique way you do things. So the first place you have to start with is that just because there are a lot of people who do what I do doesn't mean that I'm going to get lost in the noise. The second thing I would say is Carve out time to work with a collaborator to plan, like in addition to the content calendar planning out, you can have a day where there's no skin in the game. Like you, you don't have to do your social media posting. It's already, you've already scheduled stuff for two weeks. You carve out two hours and you meet with someone and you map out the next 20 weeks of things you want to talk about, whether it's imposter syndrome or building habits or all those things. And then you walk away from it. So you're not going to do anything with that right now. All you're doing is like popcorning or letting creative things come out of you. And you work with somebody who can help you with that. It could be me. It could be your best friend. It could be a VA, whatever it is. And on a certain basis, whether it's every 10 weeks, every five weeks, just do it on a time when you don't then also have to write posts. It's too much pressure to do it all at one time, I feel like. And then the last thing I would say is once you've done that, try one new thing. Try one time going live on Facebook or LinkedIn and giving someone your best tip that day, the thing that has your attention. Don't put a ton of pressure on yourself. Set yourself up in a quiet place where there's no distractions and you just take a deep breath and you just do it. And if it's terrible, 
you delete it. And if you're if you don't want to go live, you do a video on your phone and you do it as many times as you need to until you feel like it's decent. But that whole 80-20 rule, it's never going to be perfect. So it just needs to give people an idea of your personality, who you are, why you love what you do, why you do what you do, whatever it is, all that stuff is going to ooze out of you on video. So just try one and see how it goes. And because usually people will say, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And then six months later, they've already incorporated that into their repertoire of things that they're posting. And they don't even remember how hard it was to do that one thing. And so then the next thing maybe is a newsletter or different techniques. Hey there. If you have been listening to this show for any amount of time, you know that I am extremely passionate about helping leaders, professionals, entrepreneurs grow, advance, and make an even bigger impact in the world. And with this passion as my driving force, I have created the Strategic Growth Accelerator. This accelerator is something that I've been using with clients one-on-one, and I've seen clients make amazing progress towards their goals and even crushed their goals and gone beyond what they believe that they were capable of when we first started working together. The Strategic Growth Accelerator is a 90-day program where you and I work together one-on-one to identify and to create a roadmap for you to achieve or exceed one specific goal. The Strategic Growth Accelerator is not just for anybody. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It is for individuals who know exactly what they want to achieve, but are stuck, aren't clear on the first step to take, or maybe they just want the support and the accountability of an experienced coach to come alongside them, to challenge them, and to push them beyond the limits they've created in their own mind. If that is you, I would love to work with you. I only have a limited amount of spots simply because I want to make sure that I am available and have the capacity to support you in any way that you need during the 90 days of us working together. Learn more about the accelerator and about the process at sabinegideon.com slash accelerator. Again, that's sabinegideon.com slash accelerator. I am so excited to really help you make 2022 your best year yet. If you have goals that have been sitting on the shelf or sitting in your mind or sitting on your whiteboard that you know you want to complete and or want to achieve this year, this is the program for you. Head over to sabinegideon.com slash accelerator and sign up for a consultation for me to learn more about your goal and for us to decide if it makes sense for us to work together. So again, sabinegideon.com slash accelerator. I cannot wait to work with you this year. See you inside the accelerator. One of the blessings of COVID is that it really forced and challenged people to get comfortable being in front of a camera. Because I think that used to be like the biggest holdback. Like, I don't like how I look on camera. I don't like the way that I sound. And then the entire world (laughs) had to go on camera. And so that shifted that. So have you seen a lot more or a lot less reluctance, if you will, from your clients about getting on camera now than you may have seen prior to 2020? Yeah, absolutely. The only reluctance is when people feel like they have to do a certain kind of video. Like a client will say to me, I don't want to dance. I don't want to point. And I'm like, don't. 
That's good because that won't feel authentic to you. There are a million kinds of reels you can do, a million, and you don't have to do the thing. You, you do the thing that feels good to you. So the reluctance now is more like people see the trending stuff and feel like they have to jump on every trend. And I don't think you do. It's fantastic if you can and you, you like it and it's working well. But if, if that's the thing that's holding you back, don't let that hold you back. Yeah, we had that conversation uh, last time we talked like with reels. I was just like, I'm, I will be that person. I'm not doing reels. I'm not pointing and smiling and dancing or any of that. I'll do it at home. I'm just not doing it on social media for sure. So I I love the fact that you're, you're focused on the individual, right? Like what feels natural for you. And I think that's so important in the world that we live in today. And especially with social media, right? We're so used to, or being bombarded with the highlight reels of people's lives and how everyone is living their best life. And so I love the fact that your approach is really be who you are. People are Mm -hmm. going to be drawn or repelled by right. who you are. And that's what matters. And if you really want to leverage, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, if you want to leverage social media to actually market and grow your business, people are going to pay you because they know and trust you. So I love right. that. So as we think about this in the sense of our professional, our people who are holding down the corporate spaces, there's a lot of encouragement. And I feel like in the last few years for individuals, uh, professionals, leaders to really focus on doing a lot more branding of themselves and really step into, stepping into that thought leadership space with the things that they know and they do every single day. So for those who may not necessarily feel like this is a means as part of like my marketing for my business, what encouragement would you give them in terms of looking at it differently and stepping out and leveraging social media to help support them in their growth, in their development, in their careers? Yeah. I think one of the key things you can do is focus on LinkedIn. So there's two things on LinkedIn. The best thing you can do to start off with, if you do nothing else, is have a fantastically good profile, your personal profile on LinkedIn. LinkedIn used to be like a resume, right? It was very dry, very corporate all written in the third person, like Shannon is a totally out the window now. That is not at all what LinkedIn is like. So if nothing else, have a great picture. Your title underneath your name should have SEO terms in it. So I met a LinkedIn guru years ago, and I think my title said something like founder, CEO. And this woman said to me, Shannon, no one's searching you under CEO. (laughs) And I was like, You're right. So I changed it to social media strategist, brand generator, idea generator, come up with terms that describe who you are in the world and things you're passionate about. I have a great friend who is a VP for diversity, equity, inclusion. And she says under her titles, talks about hashtag inclusion, hashtag diversity, hashtag belonging. So those are key words that LinkedIn now knows who you are. So it's going to serve your profile up to people and people who are searching on those terms are going to be able to find you. And the second thing I would say is that there's this about section, and I call that your superpower section. That should be written in the first person, and it should tell everybody your superpower. I am Shannon. I'm inspired by this. What gets me out of bed in the morning is this. I'm passionate about helping, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, it should be totally written as if you were telling someone the most important thing you could tell them about yourself. So if you do nothing else, have those things filled out on LinkedIn. 
And then secondarily, as a thought leader, it's a great idea if you can put your thoughts out there every once in a while. Oh, I read this great article about establishing habits and here's how I'm establishing a habit. What are you all doing? Or ask a question, do a poll. You can go live on LinkedIn now. I think even for people who work in a corporate structure, there's a lot you can do to differentiate yourself within your company and within your industry by just showing up a little bit on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I love the fact that you, uh, as we're talking about professionals, you leaned in on LinkedIn. And as we were talking about earlier, some people feel like they have to be everywhere. And again, that used to be me, but really getting to the place of dialing back and figuring out where are my people, right? That was one. And that was primarily on LinkedIn. But for those who are trying to figure out, okay, do I invest time? Because time is limited for all of us. Do I invest time on Twitter? Do I invest time on Facebook? Is Instagram worth it? Is Snapchat worth it? What advice would you give in helping them just get to a place where they can narrow down to one platform or maybe a couple platforms to start? Yeah, I think it's where what you love to do and where your people are spending their time meet. So if someone says to me, I hate Twitter, and then we look and I think, well, none of your clients are on Twitter. So guess what? The good news is you don't have to be on Twitter. Or sometimes people will say, all of my people are on Twitter. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter lists, retweeting and reaching out to people, but I love Instagram. So then I think, fantastic. So you have Twitter as a job. Instagram is more like sharing your passion on the side, but both of those things are going to help people to get to know who you are in the world. So you have to look at a, a, like you said, you don't have to be everywhere. B, you can post the same or similar content in multiple places, or you can post the bare minimum on one platform because people are there that need to hear from you, but you're really focused on another. So I think it's about coming up with what really fits into your life, into your schedule, and what are you going to do consistently? Because if you find one platform just doesn't speak to you and you hate it and you're never going to do it, then don't do it. It's not worth it. It's it's going to drive you crazy. You're going to feel like a failure all the time because you're not doing it, and but it's not getting you anything because you're not doing it. And you said the key word there consistency. I think that that's huge. And I would even offer in the beginning, and you've probably seen this and experienced this with clients too, you can be consistent for a month or six months and not get any engagement and not get any likes or any new followers. It's almost like consistency is what gets you the likes, the followers, the engagement, and the deeper conversations. It's not what we see as like those one-time viral posts of someone dancing or someone regurgitating <laughs> something else that has been said in the world. No, it's so true. I think using scheduling tools is the great way to build consistency. You time block, you schedule things out. And even if, say you want to post five times a week, even if you just schedule three times a week, then if you fall off the wagon and you don't post that week because you're working in your business and not on your business that week, that's okay. Cause you still have that structure of the three posts out there. And to your point about sometimes it, it takes a while. It does. People lurk. A lot of people are lurking on social media. I can't tell you the number of people that will sign up with me. They will have never liked a post or commented on anything I've done. And they will say, oh, I love your stuff. I've been following you for years. It's so great. And I'll think, wow, I had no idea. So you don't know what's in someone else's head. And by showing up consistently, you're showing up in their feed. You're coming up when they're logging into that platform. And if they recommend you to someone or someone is 
looking for you and they come, they see, oh, she's active. She's still in business. She's still doing what she does. So I look at social media as an inward focus and an outward focus, right? The inward focus is you're trying to build a community of people who love you. They buy from you. They care about you. They support you. They comment on your stuff. But the outward focus is you also need some there when someone comes to look for you. You need to have a reason, like if they come, it it needs to know, they need to know that you're in business, that you're actively working on stuff, and they need to understand your tone of voice and who you are just by looking at a few posts. So that consistency piece is super important. And allow people to lurk for a while. They'll come back. They'll come looking for you. Yeah. It's like a storefront, ultimately. So you're right. Your people lurk. I lurk. So it's a thing. So don't let that be discouragement not to put yourself out there and your voice out there and to share what you bring to the world. And so thank you for those tips. So I want to transition to the leaders lessons and learnings segment here and ask you a couple of rapid fire questions, just more so around your background and your philosophy. So as someone who has been able to be a leader in corporate America and certainly a leader in your business for these last several years. As you think about leadership and what that means to you, how would you define your leadership style and or your leadership philosophy? Yeah, I think I think that leadership is partially just showing up, right? Being the person that raises her hand and says, I will do that. I will do that for you. I will be there. I will show up. I will lead that effort. You don't necessarily even know how you're going to do it. You don't already like, it's not this sort of perfectly packaged thing, but it's about being that person that's ready to show up and raise their hand. And I also love the philosophy of servant leadership. I don't like the philosophy of there's one leader and then everyone else is under them. We can all be leaders in many different ways in every, in each conversation we have with people, we can lead in different ways. And I like this philosophy of being of service while you're leading and not just, you're not just there for power, right? Yeah, I love that. So aligned in so many different ways. As you think about networking, right? Because a lot of the social media stuff actually leads to networking. What's one networking strategy that you feel is really aided in your success as a leader and also as a business owner? So when I first started my business, I thought networking meant I had to meet with as many people as possible, as fast as possible, and share with them my thoughts. But then I recognized pretty early on that I thought that they really got me and understood me but they really didn't because I hadn't spent time building a relationship with them. So now I don't cast such a wide net. My net is maybe a little more narrow, but my relationships are deeper. And I think that it's really important to continually check in with people and talk with them and have these sort of power partner relationships, people that when I'm not in the room, they think of me and they recommend me and I do the same thing for them. So I'm more about deeper, but fewer relationships. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I believe we met. Well, yes, we met through networking. And because we had a mutual platform, which we are part of and have been able to develop that relationship over time. And so shifting gears, as you look at your entire journey from corporate to business owner to pillar of your community and everything else, if you had to go back and have a conversation with a younger version of yourself. What have you learned over these last few years that you feel like, oh my gosh, if I could just go back and tell her this, that it would be a game changer? 
Yeah. I wish that I knew when I was in the corporate world, I wish that I knew what I know now. When I was in the corporate world, I was that person that was like head down, getting my work done, waiting for someone to notice me. My boss would notice me here and there. I would get a raise, kudos, whatever, sometimes a promotion, but I was always waiting and I wasn't networking. I wasn't building relationships across the company. I wasn't actively listening and mentoring and getting mentorship and speaking with people and trying to understand what role they played in the company and why and building bridges in the way that I do now. I wish I did that in the corporate world. I didn't even know that should that's what networking was. It didn't occur to me that, oh, wow, I should be an advocate for myself, but I also should be really trying to understand what Sabine cares about in this corporate role and how she works with her team and what does that happen? So then I would have just built more bridges and I didn't spend much time doing that. I was always like head down, trying to get the work done, trying to get noticed, thinking that someone was just going to see me and be like, wow, Shannon's a superstar. I'm going to promote her all over the place. That doesn't really happen very often. You're absolutely right. And it's funny that you've literally repeated what I've been saying for the last year, actually more than that which was the premise of why I, I started She Leads Network. But it was just that, right? For women in particularly, we have this mindset for the most part who are in corporate of, let me put my head down. Let me do the work. Someone's going to notice me. Meanwhile, I always use the name Bob. So if you're named Bob and you're listening, it's, it's not against you. But meanwhile, Bob is advancing in his career. And it's really because he's really taken the time to build relationships with his manager's manager. He's working cross-functionally, like he's putting himself out there. And not only that, he's sharing what his goals are, what his career aspirations are, so that someone more than just Bob and or Bob's manager really understands how they can support him in his growth. So I love that that's the thing that you would draw back on. And I also love the fact that you refer to it as being a bridge. Because I think that is so important from a leadership perspective, from a relationship management perspective, just from a growth perspective, that if we can position ourselves as a bridge to help others or in support of others, then that will help catapult us more than any hustling or working hard or being overwhelmed and burnout can do. Yeah, absolutely. And then one other question for you, because I believe leaders are readers. As you think about books that have been impactful for you in your growth, in your development, is there any one or ones that stand out for you? Oh, gosh, there have been many, but I would say probably my favorite one is Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. Mm-hmm. And I, she has this way of putting things into words. So she has this One story she tells in the book is that the ancient Greeks believed that your genius lived outside yourself, almost like a house elf, right? Like you have this genius. Sometimes your genius shows up and your work that day is amazing. And sometimes your genius doesn't. But either way, it's no reflection on you. It's like your genius didn't show up that day. So it's freeing because in my line of work, people always think I have to be brilliant every day. I have to have the most brilliant thing to say. And if I don't, I can't do anything. So for me, I took two things from that. One, You don't have to be brilliant every day. And if your genius didn't show up, take the day off. But two, you can't take every day off. If your genius doesn't show up tomorrow and the next day, guess what? You still have to buckle down and get the work done and show up. That philosophy of not taking things quite so 
deeply and personally and not having the pressure on yourself that what you have to do all the time is perfectly polished because life just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. And just to confirm, Elizabeth Gilbert, she's the same eat, pray, love uh, author, right? She is. Yeah. I read that book twice. I watched the movie, although I don't feel the movie did justice to the book. But yeah, she is an amazing author and storyteller. So we'll definitely be sure to add that to the show notes. And then lastly, Shannon, you've done a lot. You've seen a lot. You've witnessed a lot. You've supported a lot of individuals. So as you think about what you would ideally like to leave behind in the world, what is that? What does that look like for you? It's so funny. It's changed for me over time. Like it used to be that I wanted to always be the smartest person in the room. I wanted to be like people to be like, oh, wow, that's Shannon. She knows everything. She is by far the smartest person in the room. And I don't know where where that comes from. It's probably like I'm a first generation college student. And so I, I didn't have a lot of people above me telling me what to do. I just navigated it. That has totally shifted for me. I would prefer my legacy be that people felt like I was a really good human. Not perfect, but a good human all around. That I cared about people that I, that wouldn't benefit me. That I cared about my family. That I cared about my friends. That I cared about the environment. That I care about the country we live in. That I care about how I make people feel with my words and how I show up and what I'm doing. I really just want people to feel like, wow, what a good human she was. What a loss. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. That's powerful. And based on how you're showing up in the world today, obviously in this stage that I'm meeting you, I have no doubt that's exactly what they will say about you and how you'll be remembered. So with that, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your journey, for sharing your expertise, giving a lot of practical nuggets on how to navigate the beast that is social media in a way that is authentic, in a way that doesn't overwhelm, in a way that allows people to show up as their true selves on the various platforms. So with that, if individuals are looking to connect with you or they have questions or they find themselves all over the place and frustrated and or they're a little bit shy or or timid about putting themselves out there, how can they get in contact with you? The best way is to go to my website, which is serendipitysocialmedia.com. And there you'll find my social media handles, my email address, my cell phone. I respond to texts, direct messages on all the platforms. I live on them all day long for better or for worse. Just if, you know, check it out on the website and then I am happy to offer a free 30 minute consultation for anybody that wants to chat with me. Okay, awesome. So be sure to connect with Shannon. We'll include all of the handles in the show notes as well as the website. So with that, Shannon, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. This was a really great conversation. And for those of you who are listening, please check out the show notes for the references around the book that Shannon recommended, as well as her links and any promotions that we have going on here at Gideon Enterprises. With that, have a wonderful rest of the week and we will talk with you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. If you found today's episode helpful or got a piece of insight that you plan to implement in your business or organization, I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Sabine Gideon, that's my handle, and send me a private message or feel free to go ahead and leave a review on either Apple or Spotify. I also invite you to share this episode with anyone in your network who you think might benefit from this content. Lastly, be sure to check the show notes and the description below for links to resources, including relevant downloads 
articles, and any upcoming training. Until we chat again, have a blessed and powerful week.